all got dreams, we all want things But what you gonna do for it, how you gonna move for it, what you gonna be And do you believe, you can do anything But what you gonna do for it, how you gonna move for it, what you gonna be We pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land The Wondry people of the Kulin Nation Thank you for your Mother Earth, the place where we learn, play and grow. We promise to do our very best to protect our Mother Earth. We understand if we look after the country, then the country will look after us. Woo! Charlie, thank you very much for coming. I'm super excited to chat to you. It's been a while yeah. and we've done a lot over the, over the, together over the last few months, so I'm super stoked to, to, to chat to you about this and thanks for coming. Thanks, mate. So what I want to start with is what's your very first food memory? Oh, great question. Um, very first uh, food memory is from my grandma's sister, so my great auntie. So she yep. used to make these golden syrup dumplings. So it's like basically a, yeah, you basically boil them, you cook them in the golden uh, syrup, plenty of butter, of course. And like they're quite hard to get right. Like they're, if they're really soft and delicious, they're beautiful. And otherwise they're like rock cakes if you don't get them correct. Yeah. And I just remember like that's probably the first food I ever tried that I was like, wow. Like, and you see like both sides if it's not good you can understand, like, right, this is a huge difference. Yeah, 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 I get it. And when would you have them, like, special occasions or, like... Um, so they used to live in Ballarat, and she oh. used to, like, every time we'd go there, she'd make them because they're, like, the family favourite of all things yeah, that she, yeah. Yeah, she would make. It's awesome when a family has a thing. Definitely. A tradition or whatever else. And the food memory can can really transport you back to them early days. I find that with music as well, to be honest with yeah. you. You know, there's some songs that play and you're like, oh yeah, I remember doing this at that point and food definitely does the same thing. So that's oh, awesome. Of course. Like, and it's just so like, yeah, it's so interesting with food, like, you know, particularly with our restaurant when we serve things that like the nostalgia that people get off certain things. Like we have, like for, we did the Australian menu, we did like potato cakes and like people just like lost it. It's like so silly because it's just a potato cake, but they all love the idea of it and like, you know, in a nice environment and stuff to have something like that. I think that contrast, exactly what you're saying, that contrast about peasant food, cheap food, entry-level food kind of thing in a, in, a, in a glamorous environment is such a, it's such a thing, right? People love it. People yeah. do love that kind of thing, absolutely. Definitely. And you started your career at a really young age, right? How old yeah. were you when you started? So I was, um, so basically I got my first job when you can work, which is 14 and nine months. Cause I, <laughs> um, yeah, so I just wanted to like really, I was always keen to sort of get into the kitchen and I loved like, you know, watching things on like YouTube at the time and, you know, seeing like, you know, about the kitchen culture and, you know, particularly probably inspired by like Gordon Ramsay and those sort of people who, you know, they had like, I loved the military aspect of the kitchen. And so I was like, you know, I really was intrigued. And I, I remember like the first shift I ever did was at this like Italian, um, Italian restaurant in Bay Street in Brighton. And like, I was just like, they were pretty hopeless, <laughs> like looking back, but like, yeah. I was just like, amazed at like watching them like how they cleaned how they like polished every plate how they like you know the little touches that is just so 100% you have to do that but I like at the time I like couldn't believe they're like wow you know they're doing this they're doing that like seeing them all prep everything like and you know when you see your mum or something cooking at home and it's like a small quantity or whatever you got a professional kitchen and it's like you know boxes, you boxes of carrots yeah. and some someone just hammering through them yeah so yeah I was like 
So I worked there and then um, very quickly I learned it probably wasn't the, you know, you sort of saw that I would be pretty donkey. So I was, um, and I, I went and got a job at Stoke House. So um, I worked at Stoke House for, yeah, just over two years. I did a lot um, downstairs and I had like pizzas and stuff at the time. It was like awesome. Oh, so good. Like, yeah. you know, like. I worked like, in a pizza joint as well. So yeah, 400 so covers or something on a Sunday lunch. Yeah. Like it's insane. And like, you know, you. You learn that at a young age. It's so like it's such, so eye opening. You know, like Jesus, right, we're busy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's all you, you learn as well that people are relying on you. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you're there, and people are expecting when you you're gonna you know you, yeah you're gonna say you're gonna do that whatever right roast peppers or whatever it might be that you need to get them done. Someone's oh, relying definitely. on it, right? and like and also like you know there they had like the fryer section. So like obviously on that was something that I didn't know until I, yeah I've never worked anywhere where there was a fryer section until yeah I Australia. and that was like the probably the busiest section because they had like pans, pizza, and fryer, and then had larder as well. Yeah, but like obviously the whole kitchen needs to come up at the same time with the dishes and like but the fryer section like I'll never forget like you know people would have like thirteen of their fish and chips on and like they're very well known for that so it's like great quality in how they. You you know, all battered to order, beautiful chips and stuff. But like, you know, people just like, that's insane. Like, you know, and then six minutes later, it's like another 10. Like, you know, it's just like all day. Yeah, rock pool onion rings, that yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'd never seen it, a fryer section. Yeah. So what do you think triggered that? What got you like interested in, in the food? I, like, I really it? think just like, I just... I really love the idea of the kitchen, like the sort of like, you know, camaraderie, the like military style of it where it's more like, it's very like organised and there's like a set way to do things and it's like, you know. Were you into team sports? Um, yeah, I wasn't very good at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, you were into them? You, yeah, you yeah, like yeah. doing stuff as a crew? Yeah, oh, like always, like, yeah, like football, like like Aussie rules football, yeah. soccer, uh, water polo we played, like heaps of different sports. Um, yeah, I, I loved all that and I yeah. you know, still love to exercise and those sorts of things. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just think that, the kitchen's like the perfect place to like, you know, be part of something. And particularly when you're young, you go in and say like, at, you know, when I was young, you say like 16 or something, work in the kitchen, like, you know, everyone there is a bit older and stuff. So like a 25 year old to you when you're 16 seems oh, really old. It's a bloke, isn't it? Yeah, he's like, yeah. well, you know, and you're like <laughs> sort of hanging out with them, they're all drinking, it's all a bit like cool and, you and know. And they, they treat you as an adult, right? You get yeah. treated. I was the same, that's a very, I've never really thought of it until you just said that, but I was very similar, like, at school, you get treated like a kid. Yeah. I started work at 16, and then all of a sudden, you get treated like an adult. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking, this is way better. Yeah. Like, I much like, you know, like you, yeah. yeah, like like the star party, they'd like take you out. You know, I remember we went to like this place, Mr. Wolf, for our star party, and it was like, you know, we had like drinks, we had like, you know, and you're sort of getting introduced to it all, and like, you know, you're like, shit, this is it's pretty so good, right? Yeah, it's so cool. Like, yeah. you know, and that's like, I think that's a good thing at a young age to learn because you see like what like the real world's like it's not like you and your like young friends just doing dumb stuff it's yeah. like you know actually you're seeing these older people and they're sort of guiding you and yeah so I think it's good like the you, guidance is a good point yeah the guidance I think I feel like that might be going a little bit that guidance yeah. what, what you're saying I think is the fact of when you're an apprentice you are looking for guidance yeah you Definitely, are yeah. like it's not just like dumping there. I'm here to learn and I'm here to get not just cooking and that. It's like also like give them some like worldly knowledge. Yeah, right? do you know absolutely. what I mean? Speak to them, be there for them, and that. I don't know. The other I, thing I that I thought like, was like particularly at Stoke House, like at that time. 
We had a lot of guys from India. We had a couple of Pakistani guys. We had uh, a couple of English guys, and we had a pastry chef from New Zealand. Yeah. So basically, besides the head chef and two sous chefs, everyone else was international. Yeah. So that's like probably the first time that I've like spent a lot of time with international people. So mm. you like, you know, we had this like crazy Brazilian kitchen hand. We had a crazy Chinese kitchen hand as well. So you start to like, you know, understand what's a different culture. Where are these people from? What's their background? Like, you yeah. know, because you don't. The Indian guys yeah. start making chai. Yeah, they make and, yeah. beautiful like staff meals. And yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Tasting your stuff because like, obviously we've been to an Indian restaurant, but when you see like an Indian chef cook something, they know how to say you know cook the spices in the correct order, then they can make something amazing. And you, when you see that and you like experience something through, then that's like a great thing. Definitely, I agree. We yeah. used to have a guy called Moo. It was a Thai guy that worked the grill when I first went to Rockpool, and we used to call it. Um, he used to always do staff food on a Monday. We yeah. used to call it Moo Monday. Yeah. And like he would just make you know Thai every Monday just different Thai food, yellow curries, green yeah. curries, red curries, you know pad Thais, like all kinds of stuff. And I was like, fuck, this is just mad. Yeah. Like, I'm come from England. Yeah. And you've tried it at bits and bobs. Obviously, we're dominated by European and Indian food. Yeah. So when I was eating all these like sours and sweets and chili and salt, I was like, fuck, this is just mega. And yeah. So I can appreciate what you're saying. 100%. And that's like and that's a, like a learning thing, right? Like, cause you know, it, and it gives. I reckon it set me up for like success because we always work well it's you your know. business now yeah. we'll go more into that but yeah. that could have been the start of it right yeah and like but also like you, you really appreciate like people's backgrounds as well like you know like say these Indian guys like they've come like they come to Australia like a lot of them were studying at the same time they've got these jobs and then like they become like part of you know like your real life because you'll work together so yeah. much and then you just you learn things off each other and I think that was like really cool definitely there's no better education than like travelling and yeah. meeting, meeting different cultures and just respecting other cultures and For the sure. way that they are and the, what, what they eat as well and what they believe in and all the rest of it and because I think like festivals for me, and you know like I went to like a grammar school like you know had a very like lucky and privileged upbringing and then like you meet people from all different walks of life particularly in the kitchen because you know like it people from all walks yeah, it's of life. Yeah, it's a real melting pot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and that's, like, I think that's so good to see that because, like, you know, you can live in a bit of a sheltered community pretty easily in Australia yeah. and then you see, like, other people who, like, you know, it's big news for them to, like, come over here and, like, you know, their goal is, like, I want to, like, PR, for example, like, you know, like, yeah. even yourself. Yeah, you know, I, you've I, come I over come, here. I come on PR for sure, yeah. yeah. And it's a real challenge, right? Yeah. And we're coming from a country where it's... You know, it's one of the richest countries in the world. And if you're not coming from one of the richest countries in the yeah. world, it, it's even more of a challenge, isn't yeah. it? Do you know what I mean? So, and like, yeah. that's the, like, that's the thing, because in Australia, like, we're so used to, like, we don't really have to get visas to many countries to travel. We don't, like, obviously being born here, you don't ever think about, like, how hard it is to move here. Like, people who come and visit Australia, a lot of the time need, like, visas to even just get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, apply. Like, all this stuff, like, which, that's not, like, normal for us. So then when you meet, like, these people who, like, come here, study, they take a pathway to, like, become a citizen and an Australian, and they bring, like, so much of their, you know, energy to the country. Like, it's mm. very good, but you, you need to be introduced to that. For sure. And I always find them, like, um, especially the Indian guys that I've worked with and some of the some of the Nepalese, well, yeah. all of them, like, some of them are like, I was a banker. Yeah. I was a banker, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the, or I was an engineer. Yeah. But there's no engineering jobs here, so, but yeah. there's plenty of cooks jobs, so I just took a cookery course. And, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they're, like, they're just, so you've got like, they've got the mentality of an engineer, but yeah. they just cook, you know what I mean? But That's not why just I reckon... cooking, no disrespect to just cooking, I'm, one, I'm a cook yeah. as well, but they've 
there's no jobs, so they've started doing another. I reckon another. that's why, like, cooking is like such a good skill to have because it's universal that you can go and you know work anywhere. Like, Definitely. like say for example, if you're a doctor in the UK, I don't think you can just come to Australia and be a doctor. I think you'd actually have to retrain in a lot of ways, even though you would know it. Yeah. But just the way our medical system set up, that it's not just like you know you you know it there, so you know it here. Yeah, you yeah. Have to you, know, read. you know, Julian, Julian, yeah, or exactly you know, in the kitchen you walk in and yeah. And normally people are just pleased to see you, like thank fuck you're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you've you've carried you you know yeah. you use a knife before. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we've got a lad downstairs, Frankie. He's Argentinian. He couldn't speak well. Couldn't speak. That's not right. He could speak half a dozen words, but he couldn't work with us because it, you know he, he's from. He worked with uh, Francis Francis Mormon. You yeah. Know, the, the Francis fi- Mormon. Yeah. Fran- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the fire. The fire. Yeah. I, I did a dinner with him one time. I always fuck his name up. And you know, really high level. And um, but because he couldn't speak English, he wanted very well. Yeah. He wanted to come out. He worked with us. He's seen us on Instagram and this that, this, that and the other. But it didn't matter. They didn't speak English, yeah. right? Like it doesn't matter. We show him, yeah. and he just because he's got the skills. Oh yeah, and, you want like that? Like, all the guys talking all day. He'll pick things up and learn. You know, like yeah. Now he's English. He's been here like four months. He's only got another two months left because he's got he's, he's on a working holiday. Thing. He's got to go and do his hundred and sixty or eighty days or whatever it is in the farm work. Or yeah, in the yeah, farm yeah, work. Yeah. 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 So he's going up to Port Douglas. Um, but his English has come on heaps. Yeah. And now he feels confident that he can go and do his days and then he can go and work in like a, a one hat, two hat, three hat restaurant. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He just wasn't 100% confident, so he'd come here. It yeah. would have been fine, no two ways about it. But just one of the point I'm making is if you've got skills and you just need to be shown, you might not be on the line getting shouted yeah. at, but you'll be able to do prep or whatever yeah. else. You can work anywhere in the world and people definitely. are happy to see you. Well, they're so transferable. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And food is food around the world, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. You, think, I feel like you carry yourself with a lot of confidence. Yeah. You know, it's just it's the way you are. Where do you think you got that from? Um, oh, good question. <laughs> a bit surprising question, that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think the, the confidence has come, like, I definitely think, particularly like in my, you know, in food and in my restaurant and all that sort of stuff. Like I did start very young and I have been doing this. Like I'm 30 this year. I started at 14, nine months. So that's like 15 years. And yeah. you'd like to think after 15 years, you've got to, you know, you know what the systems are, you know, how to, you know, run a great, you know, operation or a kitchen or, you know, a section, whatever like level you want to get to. But I think that sort of comes from just that experience of, you know, I, I, and just, hard work. Just to like, push you for on that a little bit, I would say I met you probably when you were like 20 young. You were 20, 21 or something. 21, yeah. 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 But I feel like you very carried yourself incredibly confident even yeah. then when you were 21. I had like, I just think it's good experience. Like particularly in the kitchen, like, you know, you have like, you know, I would say I'm very well educated. So I've yeah. got, you know, got a great education. So that obviously confidence can come from that and then yeah. I think um you know I definitely have a good work ethic so I'm not afraid to you know do big hours and learn and stuff and I think and I was very fortunate I think I did that when I was so young like really went hard particularly like working at Beauty as an apprentice it was like insane hours and stuff but it was just so good and like you just you just get the skills and, and that's not a negative insane hours you no. enjoyed them hours right yeah, yeah I loved sure. it yeah, yeah. like I would actually think like that's one thing that like I would always recommend to anyone who's a young chef like you know everyone asks oh what you do it's like just work somewhere really good and just like just go for work, it like right? yeah work. just work like it's just really don't go home yeah exactly right you know like on like for example I remember you know on a Sunday I did, used to do stages at Cutler and Co on a Sunday as well so I do a five day week stage at Cutler and Co on a Sunday then I do like Monday at my TAFE and then you're back like you know like that's obsession yeah like, yeah of course you know, reading books on a night when you get yeah. home just just can't 
can't get enough. Yeah, I found this book the other day. I had like a, I actually used to write a journal each day on the, like what I learned and these sort of things. Oh, and it was, fucking, yeah, it was amazing. Awesome. It's yeah. pretty embarrassing. I wouldn't be sharing much of it. But yeah, like, but that's, yeah. that's, that's, but that's some like, treasure. Some yeah. of the treasure. They're dears, yeah. right? Yeah. And even like I had like, I found this other book I had and I'd written, at the time, I think it was 144 three Michelin star restaurants in the world. I'd written every single one of their names and their chefs. Did and you? Yeah, I'd just written it like as if I was studying for like an exam. Yeah, 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 100%. Like, I used to know the same. I was the same. Yeah. Like, you just know who's working where, who's worked where, yeah. where they've been. Yeah. I'm well out of touch now. I'm nowhere yeah. near any of that. But that's like, that's all right. But I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you've got that same knowledge on other subjects. Yeah, like, for you know, sure. My, yeah. And my, you know, obviously interests have changed over time too. Yeah. But like, I think that like, if you're that interested in something, like you're going to get the confidence, you're going to yeah. get, you know, you're going to get the skill. Yeah. But yeah, you've got to be like, you know, naturally, like that's a lot of hours put in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that same thing. If you do five years at eight hours a week. It's like doing 10 is, years. Ten, yeah. yeah, and someone else is only, is those five years at 40 hours a week, yeah. you're, you're doing twice as much, yeah. right? It's, the math's pretty simple. I do like, I do definitely agree with like, you know, all the things that have changed throughout the industry like you know those those days are definitely behind us where it's like people are expected to like basically work for free and massive hours and stuff which is great and that's a huge topic on like what's the right thing to do but I do think that like for the people who are really dedicated like putting in those extra hours where you can or like yeah staging like I've done I would have done seriously a year you know for uh, free yeah, staging yeah, I've and, done heaps of, yeah, yeah. Same, yeah and like obviously that come you know I'm very lucky to have been able to do that and afford to yeah. do that not everyone can but it was like you know, all those things, but like if you're prepared to do it, like you just get the results. If I was young and or even on this hourly thing, like I'd be good. Yeah. Like, I, what are you going to do? Go home, play PlayStation? Yeah. 20 year old, 8, 19 year old, 20 year old. I'm going to go and drink, I'm going to do whatever. Like I would just want to be there. Right? Yeah. Just be there. This is where, this is my life. This is what I want to do and I'm here and this is, exactly. I prefer this. It's, it's a foreign concept to some people that you prefer doing that. Than being off, yeah. Like I would much prefer to be at work than yeah. being off, right? Especially like, like a bit different now. I've got a son and the rest of it. Don't get me wrong. Now I need a, a lot more work-life balance. But when you're 18, 19, 19, well, 16, 17, 18, all the way to 25, 26, like, why, like yeah, just fucking. But work. if you want to be like, if you want to be like the top level or you know the best, essentially, you've got to do it. Like in any industry, though, like it's you look at like all these amazing like sports people and stuff. Are like they not counting? Hours. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Like everyone you look up to, like they're really, you know. And you have to go through a pain barrier to get course. to achieve a high level. Yeah. There's no way. As long as you're not getting level. taken advantage of on the way, that's important. I think, yeah, I agree on that. So I'm, I've got a, a real mixed views on all this. We are like pure legit here, like, and I do agree on it because I feel like the people that are coming to us are coming for that reason. That's yeah. why they're coming to work here. They, they want to work with food. They want a good work-life balance. They want to be off the weekends. They want to be off nights. So yeah. You know what I mean? That's why you come and work for us. Yeah. Because that's what we offer. We're not three hat and we're not going, no. to, we're not going to teach you all the things, making souffles and all no. the rest. You know what I mean? But I, So I think it depends. I'm not saying about being taken advantage of. I'm not saying that. But what I, mean, I am saying is, like, if, you're, if you feel like the transaction between you and your job is fair, you should be able to make your own decision. Definitely, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Like, I would be more than happy to work 30 hours for free if I was getting 30 hours of good, solid training. Yeah. Networking. People pay thousands to go to a networking yeah. fucking conference, right? Of course. Thousands. 
tens of thousands in some cases. If you're working at somewhere like Voudemont or whatever, you've got chefs coming in all day yeah. from around the world. You're just building your network up and then you can pick, call Jimmy, who's at fucking French Laundry. Yeah. Do you remember me from Voudemont or Attica or Atlas or whatever else it might be? Do you remember me? Is there any chance I can come and work for you? Oh, well, we'll try and... You know what I mean? You're building yeah. that network. 100%. So that, like, I wouldn't mind as a youngster. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. If I'm, the, if I'm like 33 and I'm putting into the business yeah. and I'm doing dishes and I'm like creating and I'm managing stock and I'm, you know, managing the money and I'm and wage costs and I'm putting into the business, it's a different story. You, yeah. should, you know what I mean? But if I'm just absorbing, I'm more... In, do you see what I'm I've saying? I've got you 100%. I think for me as well, there's been like, there's a great Steve Jobs quote he does in this speech. Um, it's like he's, um, it's a speech he does to this university. Oh, yeah. And he talks about, um, it's like you can't connect the, the dots um, looking forward, but you can connect them looking backwards. So it's so, just about like, mm-hmm. you know, and basically, you know, in my, I've always this quote really resonates with me because you think about your career and what's going on and like, you know, where you've been and stuff. And like a good example, we've got this like a Cuban menu on at the moment. They've just got this awesome like tapioca cube things that people just go obsessed for. And like when I worked in, at Mocato in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, like I learned how to make this sort of very similar thing to what we were doing. And like, I know that's like, like it's something that people have never tried here before. But like if I hadn't had that experience at this random restaurant in Sao Paulo, like it's a top level restaurant but it's yeah. still quite random yeah. like you never would translate that back and then you know obviously our menu maybe wouldn't be the same or you know your experience comes from these things so I think that's a really interesting point I agree yeah I totally agree I th- exa- exactly that and you don't know when you're going to draw on that experience right? definitely yeah you never know like it's something that yeah. this business come about where I met a Scottish guy in 2000 who in Jersey, he was a chef and we were chatting and I said, oh, where did you work before here? It used to be my favourite question. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I worked, um, I worked at a terrine factory. Yeah. Junk. That sunk yeah. into my head. I was like, terrine factory? Then I went and did my career and I learned how to do terrine. Then down the line, like, then it started dawning on me terrine factory and not make terrine yeah and then then do you know what i mean and particularly and in a market like, like australia where it's probably underrepresented yeah like yeah charcuterie is not as like like say yeah, it's not france is it yeah like you know in in europe like yeah. it's like you know you, the competition would be insane though. yeah like you're here like people love the idea of it and yeah they love the flavor but it's like they just it's not amazing options for sure so it's that recalling recalling anyway on off that you opened your talking about confidence you opened um Atlas in 2016. Correct, yeah. How old, how old were you? I was point? 22. Yeah, yeah, fuck. So that was like it. Like, I look, the funny thing about that is that, like, obviously, when you're 22, you're full of energy, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also very naive. So, like, yeah. when I opened, like, I knew for sure that I could cook and make a great menu. And, you know, we got our hat in our first month. So that yeah. was definitely, like, you know, validated. But then, like... In your first month? Yeah. Yeah, we're four weeks in. It was, you were fucking was, off to the races. Oh, like, you must have been stoked. That was insane, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I think the week after, we got, like, a shit review in Herald Sun. <laughs> so I was like... Hey, back to work. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, get, yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get fucked. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, like, the... You know, for me, though, like, you know, to go and do that... Like, once again, very lucky that, you know, had people help me, like my brother, um, and then one of his friends as well, like, like helped with the initial startup cash and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, okay. So, like, you know, that all... That was great, and we were able to really sort of like launch into it. And there was like no expense spared; like we went ridiculous, really. Like yeah. looking back, like had it have not worked, it would have been a serious <laughs> kick in the teeth. <laughs> Christmas lunch would have been awkward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and but I, you know, but I think that having but naivety is a beautiful thing sometimes. So right? good. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's good to like 
like if I like actually look back at like after the last six years, I've made probably hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars of mistakes. Yeah. But like, which are very expensive lessons. Same. Same. But like, whatever. Like, yeah, it's like it's a cost of learning. Definitely. You know, I, man. If I could put like exactly the same, if I could put all them down and just like the amount of times I say, well, that was an expensive mistake yeah. or whatever. Like you've just got to cop it. Like. You, it's part of playing the game. Of course. And, yeah, like, yeah. and if you don't... But if you like, don't learn from it, obviously that's a different story. If you do it the same thing again and get owned, then you're a bit like... Well, yeah, yeah, like, come on now. Come yeah, on now, like, you know, sure. you've got to learn from those mistakes. But, yeah, for me, it's just so, like... You know, I just think it's so key to... Like, I was very lucky, obviously, to just go for it. And anyone who I think really wants to you know, really wants to get to that top level in the industry. And so I always think it's great to, you know, have a crack at your own thing. Like, you know, get the skills you need and stuff. But like, you know, when you just go all in, you go all in. There's no like, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. has to work. And I think, I think some chefs, I agree. I think some chefs, and me included or whatever else, they feel like they've got to train till they're like 60. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, you can train on the job. You can yeah. learn on the, you can have a base level. And just get going and let's just fucking work it out as we go. And yeah. like you say, you'll pay for the mistakes. And especially if you're at a young age and you go under, you've got a lot longer to pay back the debt. Yeah. Or at least you can say you, you had a crack. That's my yeah. view. That's just and my that's view. Like, I just think that you know, it's, it's such a good, particularly in a country like Australia, there's great opportunities. Like there's good communities. People get behind you. Like, you know, like even like the media, food media here are very like quick to like. Especially young yeah. people. Yeah. Bit, yeah. Like you're saying, so, sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Love like, it. Yeah, like, under thirty, top under thirty, yeah. thirty to do this, under thirty. So to do good. That. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. you know, so you can you can yeah. utilize that, right? Yeah, yeah. And for that's sure. where like you know, I think I was very lucky. Like, I, I the other thing that I was like, well, not lucky with, but I had a very strong concept. You know, like changing the menu every season, based on a different country, is yeah. like it just people just got it. Also, people like thought that was a bit crazy and stuff, which like it is for sure. Like, there's so much work involved in that. But that's why, like, we're busy consistently. That's why we have people who want to come back and dine and experience it. And, like, yeah. we have, like, we're probably one of the few restaurants where you have, like, FOMO because we have um, customers who have been to every menu, so they can't miss one. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 for sure. Listen, what I'm going to do is I want to pause. This is so, such a rookie mistake. I tried to save my, Would you believe this? I'm going to be honest. I was like, oh, I've got two bars left on the on my recorder and I was like oh I won't change the batteries I'll save that two dollars yeah. on a set of batteries just my fucking tight brain so I'm going to pause and then we're going to re-kick back in and, um, and I'm going to just change these batteries it'll be two seconds I don't want it to cut out yeah. it'll literally take two seconds yeah, yeah. sorry about that everyone I do apologise I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stop being so tight um, <laughs> so you were saying about how the menu changes and it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different style of restaurant and how people um, don't want to miss a menu in the yeah. every, every every quarter is it every quarter yeah. so it's every season yeah. yeah so we used to do it every four months we now do it every three yeah far out yeah so but uh, <coughs> it works better that way because we can be a lot more seasonal with the menu yeah yeah I think like the the biggest thing for me is like because I did like a massive trip overseas learnt stacks while you know travelling the world and stuff and had the best basically the time of my life I had the best probably nine months anyone yeah. could ever have went to I think 15 countries worked in six of them like we went out every, you know every night with the chefs had fun ate like just you know the knowledge you gain from that sort of experience is yeah. just insane it's pretty yeah. like it's almost like a once in a lifetime thing to be able mm. to just go for nine months and just like let's just go and have fun yeah. and like I hosteled it the whole time so it was like it was awesome yeah but um yeah, I think the the other thing is like, you know, I came back and I really loved that trip so much. I wanted to keep that going to the point where I was like, how can I like 
my passion is like food and travel how can I put that together and I think that's where like the restaurant like nowhere that I could work would really offer me the option you know like say I wanted to travel the world still I like one of my like biggest goals I want to visit every country on earth twice yeah that's like my one thing I'd love to do in my life is like you know and I reckon I'll get there yeah I I think I'm yeah yeah, I think so I'm like 50 in so I'm a quarter of the Uh, way yeah. yeah I'm a quarter of the way there but like yeah you know and like and I haven't I haven't spent that much time in, say, Africa just churning through or passports. Europe where you can just smash, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you could do... Four in a line to yeah. do Uganda or whatever it exactly. might be. Exactly. Yeah. I've done, like, yeah. I've done pretty much all of South America, uh, North America, Mexico, Belize, like, you know, a lot of that area, yeah. a lot of Asia as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, like... I think that's just to interrupt you there, sorry. I think it's amazing that you, it's a classic example of, like, putting your passion and your, your, your love of travel into a job yeah. do you know what I mean it's a, it's a, it's a yeah congratulations on that that's a, it's, a, it's a real achievement to yeah. be able to not many people manage to do that really like that's no. a real achievement you just gotta like you know like I really knew what I wanted like you just like I really want to keep travelling and stuff it's, it's not sustainable to just like travel and like hostel it and just work for free and stuff forever so it's like if you can build something around what you love doing like why not you know yeah it's yeah like i know that's a pretty like it's not easy to do though Charlie, no of course yeah. you know and like and there's definitely a few things i've had a lot of luck along the way and all these other and help and assistance and all these things which is great but like yeah, i think it's great to like you know if you really love certain things to really try and make that part of your life i agree yeah and if like a hobby right try yeah. to make, like if you like writing if you like drawing if you like and you can start that by like if you like drawing just you know, do some getting a graphic design yeah. or getting do some paintings and see if a cafe will hang them up for you. Yeah, and say, you know what I mean. Like start, you start small. Ends. Yeah. Start, yeah. You, you know, yeah. Where, where do you call it? Like ground level, right? Start ground level and just chip away at it, and then slowly your hobby potentially could then yeah. turn into your job. I think, like, especially the, with <clears> social <throat> media these yeah. days, far out. Like you can make mega money just oh, by like, posting and people. That that painting on on the wall there, uh, um, that's from a, uh, an abri- Aboriginal lady. Who, who Brock's partner loved watching painting. Yeah. She does it with the, like with the brush. It's called, I think it's called medicine bush style of painting. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And um, so Brock, who works here, his partner enjoyed watching her do that. If she found it very therapeutic, they bought one. Yeah. I went round his house on his opening on his. Um, on his uh, housewarming party, yeah. and I was like, "That painting's awesome." Told me who it was, and then I bought one. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They're like twelve hundred bucks or whatever. I'm yeah. not saying oh, I spent twelve, but what I'm saying is that's from social media. That's two sales. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And who? What just else? things like that. It's amazing. Like you see the success people have just with like the most random things, and like I think that's why like actually being niche is quite good. Niche is definitely good. Yeah, because it's just like like there's some very weird things that people like love that are just like very you know small and whatever but like if you find that market it could be 50 people 200 people 1000 people in that market but they will like religiously follow what yeah. you're doing and that's you great. don't need many customers no, right? like, yeah, not at depending on what you're doing right? yeah, yeah for and sure. like particularly say like in the arts like you know yeah. you re- like you know you can just because you're not going to knock out thousands and thousands of paintings, but you know mm. you might do little things and more bespoke or whatever. Or yeah, custom yeah, exactly. Work, custom whatever. work, exactly, yeah. exactly. So 50 countries that you've yeah. been to. Out of them 50 countries, what's what's what's, be, what's your best country? Where would you? If I'm saying right, I'm going on holiday tomorrow, Charlie. Ooh. Tell me where I'm going. Yeah, look, to be honest, like anywhere in Asia, like I like, like I love, like say Vietnam. Like for example, I think Vietnam's exceptional. South Korea was another one that yeah, I had so much fun. Like it's just. 
food, like, you know, obviously going from a food perspective, like yeah. Vietnam, like it's just, it's insane. Never been. I've yeah. never been. So good. Like, and it's, and well, that's where we're like, the one thing we're so lucky with in Australia is how close we are to Asia. Like, mm. you know, it's Australasia. So, you know, we are part of Asia. So it's yeah. like, if we can just basically, you know, it's seven, eight hours, which for someone from the UK, it's three hours anywhere good. So yeah, 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 yeah. seven, eight hours still a journey. Once you're on the plane, you're yeah. on the plane. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. Yeah. And I, like, I haven't been back since pre-pandemic, but Hong Kong's probably one of my all-time favourites. Is as well. it? Oh, just like, I'm a big fan of Chinese food, like huge fan. And I just think like, Me too. some of the, like, some of the places you eat there, just, they're so next level. Yeah. And you just like actually wonder like, you know, like say you make a stir fry and you just see like, you know, they might serve, it could be like say black pepper beef, or, you know, a couple of pieces of capsicum and onion or something. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spring onions yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. But you eat it and you're like, how is this like so insanely good? Like, you know, it's that, because that's like, you know, we could just knock out a stir fry here and it's like, yeah, that's tasty. But this is like the same sort of thing, the same ingredients, but it's the skill involved using the wok, how they use it, cooking it correctly that just takes it to such another yeah. level. Yeah. And that's where I reckon like Asian food's so good. I yeah, I agree on that as well. And I, I was I did a post the other day. I went there's a noodle joint in Doncaster that I go, we go to. It's in the, again a foreign concept for the for people from England is food courts. Yeah, it's in one of the food courts. That in if you, in England I was like a food court. It must be shit. Yeah, the food courts here are really high standards. Some Definitely. of the places are fucking mega. Anyway, it's a noodle joint in the Doncaster shopping centre. It's I, I absolutely love it. Four guys in there, one guy stretching handmade noodles. I saw this, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 One guy stretching noodles, one guy rolling, getting the, the dough ready, one guy taking them out of the broth, one guy, one lady uh, putting the garnish on. Yeah. And just four of them, probably do like 300, 400 covers. No, this the is, line it, is out the, the thing and that I, think I reckon. That's something that we've got to learn. Like, we, for us to do that in, in, in our culture, well, in our style of cuisine, that would take like. 15 chefs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think the one thing that I'm starting to see like more and more in food is that like people are specialising and yeah. I think the more you specialise actually the better you do. De- definitely. Yeah. You can streamline, <clears throat> you can bring your cost down on, on product. Definitely. Less wastage. And people like... In a competitive market, like, you know, say Melbourne's one of, you know, one of the great food cities um, around the world, I think. Like I Melbourne's agree. such a great standard. But, like, there's places that open, I feel, that do really well. They really focus on something. They're known for that. Yeah. And I think that, like, you know, with Atlas, for example, we're known for changing our menu, which makes it limitless what we can do. Yeah. But if you come, like, at the moment, it's Cuba. Next week, it's Taiwanese. And it's, like, that's what it is. And it's, like, focusing on something. Yeah. You know, and, like, and even, like, these... I think the great food experiences at the moment are people like want to feel like part of something. So it's a lot like smaller scale, you know, like the days of like, say like a particular fine dining level, like these big high end restaurants with like, you know, thousands of dollars chandeliers and stuff like that. I don't think that people are looking for that. People want like a chef experience. Whereas like you go in, you know, a chef might be cooking with 10, 15, 20 people. And it's like, wow. That's massive now in America, right? Yeah. Huge America. I was just talking to Max. He used to work with, he was working at a two star in America and these bench, I think we had a name for them. I think they were like bench top restaurants or yeah. something. I, think, I can't remember. Yeah. And basically, it's like Bubble Dogs or Kitchen yeah. Table in London, where it's like the chefs work within inside this area and it's all seats around. Yeah. The sommeliers it's like work. like a show. Yeah, and the sommeliers <laughs> work within inside the kitchen effectively as well. And it's like all done right. It's a small unit. You do 12 covers, 15 yeah. covers. It's whatever ahead. Like, I think you're right in that aspect. But what you were saying there about specialising, I noticed that when I went to Korea in, whatever, I went to South Korea 10 years ago, 50, whatever it was, 
And you'd go to like a chicken shop. Yeah. And they'd just do chicken. Like they'd do like chicken or a pork shop. Or did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah, like a restaurant that just does chicken. Yeah. So they do chicken like a few different ways, a broth. Like all the street food around Asia, like, you know, like the particularly like the best ones, like they'll have like two dishes that they might serve from their cart and that's it. Mm. But like people travel like two hours across town to get there. Like it's like <laughs> that cart making this dish and that's just like the best of it. Yeah, yeah. And again, Singapore is another classic yeah. example. We were talking about that the other day, about Singapore, how the chicken shop and the, the sugar water shop and whatever it yeah. might be and, and the specialised. But I, I, it just doesn't make any sense to try and, as a normal restaurant, to, you've got salmon, you've got murray cod, you've got ribeye, you've got scotch, you've got duck leg, you've got, it's like dun 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 But as a restaurant, a lot of the restaurants you see, particularly the ones that aren't busy, they try and like, they think it, the idea is let's cater to everyone, you know, like we'll just get everyone in because everyone will love it and we'll have, you know, we've got this. Something this for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And something there for everyone doesn't please anyone. Like, you know, you need to get, like, you know, you want to find your market and people, like, you know, for us at Atlas, like we do five course menu, it's a hundred bucks. Like, you know, it's not expensive, but you know, it's not cheap either. Yeah. But people like, people know, right, I want to have a good night out and it's like not going to completely break the bank I'll just go to Atlas like and they know it's going to be different to the last time they came and they can just rely on that but they know it's five courses they know they sit down they don't have to think they just get given what they're given they probably wouldn't order those dishes necessarily mm. but that's just what it is and it's I think as well you can you can do very like pumping flavours yeah. big flavours do you know what I mean like well, I can put whatever you want on the menu it's mm. like as a chef like if you can cook whatever you want it's like that's the best part of being a chef like definitely you know if you're just demanded like you know you've got to make this like you know the, with the dietaries and stuff these days it gets pretty tricky so yeah. like I love that like aspect when it's like this is like we don't design like a dish we design a menu and it's mm. like how does this flow how does it all work together you know will people like this will people like that all those sorts of things and it just works. Yeah, nice. You're also the king of networking. I feel, <laughs> I feel like you're, you're, you're always around. You're doing different dinners and different yeah. events and different things. Master Chef to Top 50 and different things. Do, does that come naturally to you? or? Uh, yeah, definitely. And I think, like, just being involved in, like, you know, like, I'm, to be fair, I'm probably not as involved in, like, a lot of the industry events as I probably, you know, as I should be. But, like, definitely, like, I just love, like, new opportunities and new experiences. Do you always say yes? Just, you just Pretty much, yeah. Like, you just game for everything? Yeah, like, why not? Like, you know, yeah. just because good opportunities, like, just come from things. That's what I've always found. Like, you just, like, you know, I've done, like, even in the past, I've done, like, the most random things. It's, like, you know, a free event or something like this. And then you, like, meet someone who says, oh, you've got to meet this person, do this. Like, and just... Things come from that where, like, you know, if you're sort of, like, too busy to or too cool to do something, you know, like, you miss a lot of great opportunities. And you miss meeting good people as well. Are you ever f- afraid to, to fail or make a fool of yourself? I'll uh, tell you why I ask that. Yeah. Because I always, feel, I always feel like you put yourself in really sticky situations sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're not scared to... It comes across like you're not. If I fail, who cares? Like yeah. you're not doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a, I really, I think it's a really good attitude. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I just don't really like. I'm just not too worried about what other people think. Like it's. You know what I mean? Like I, I have like a very wild side. Like I like you know particularly like we went away last year with a few of my friends and it was just like the craziest trip ever. Like we had so much fun and it was just stupid, but like and unprofessional. <laughs> and then you like come back and you have got like a professional restaurant and stuff. But like if people don't like that, like if you can't be yourself, then. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I think I think it really 
whatever the opposite of hold you back. Yeah. It, it really like, you know, it, it drives you like taking them the challenge on master chef and, and whatnot. And, you know, maybe it wouldn't work out or doing different things. It, 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 it never, it never holds you back. And I, I think nah. that's a really good, it's yeah. a fantastic attitude to have that not scared to fail. I think it's a, yeah. and as long it's as a like, really good thing. Yeah. As long as you're like, you know, respectful of others and like, you know, looking after people and not like, you know, you're not just being like reckless or, you know, stupid. Like, I think it's important to just, like, have a lot of fun and just do whatever you want at the end of the day. Like, because if you, if you don't, like, you know, you end up, I don't know, you end up getting a bit stale, I think, otherwise. Yeah. I think for me, personally, I think I held myself back when I was younger. I think, I, I like to think, I, networking, me talking to people and that, I, I, I love this kind of thing. I'm not a big group person. Yeah. I, I, big groups and that just it doesn't stress me out. But what I don't like, this is my, and it holds me back in this sense, I hate being around dickheads. I just yeah. can't stand it. If yeah. you're in a group of 10 and there's one guy that's a knobhead, I, yeah. just, I just want to go. I, I, yeah. I just need to go home. I just cannot be around them awkwardy, dickheady, confrontational yeah. kind of people. It just winds me up too much. I can't, you know, and some people can just ignore that person and just concentrate on the, the other nine that yeah. are really nice. I just, like, I that just, annoys you. It yeah. winds me up so much, I just can't be around. Yeah. And that holds me back a little bit. So yeah. I, I'll try and avoid going to group events as much as I can. Like, I'm not interested. I want My circle of friends is super small. Yeah. Super, super small. I like, only deal with a few people. And, yeah, it's weird. I don't, like, and I think that does hold me back a little bit, to be told. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think that, like, you know, over time, you know, like, you just... The, the more, like, outgoing I've been, I just find you just get opportunities. You meet <clears throat> other people, like, you know... For someone like me, I'm 29, like, you know, if I, if I actually looked at, like, some people I'm very friendly with, like, very high-level people have done extremely well, but they might be, like, 40, 45, 50, mm. like, you know, where, like, I can't think of any of my other friends who are, like, my age who have friends who are that much older, yeah. you know what I mean? But you just sort of, like, from being, like, outgoing and making these connections and all that sort of stuff, it's just the way it is. Like, I don't yeah. view them as, like, older, I just, they just, they are older because they're older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. just don't interest, I'm 40 fucking yeah. three. yeah. <laughs> But that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. But I can't imagine you're hanging out with many 29-year-olds. No, you know? no, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah prior yeah. to this comp, you know, yeah, we're yeah. chatting for an hour before. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. It's just, yeah. and that's just we hang out a bit. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's a great... And I think that's where, like, probably back to, like, the kitchen, is like, starting at such a young age, working with older people and, like, more experienced people, you just become, like much more approachable to all, you know, all walks of life. And I think that's mm. a great, like, it's a very good skill. It definitely is. So you've got the restaurant, yeah. But you've also got Atlas Weekly, yeah. Weekly? Atlas Weekly, yeah. Is it Atlas? Are we Atlas at home? Atlas Weekly. Atlas Weekly. Atlas, yeah. Atlas yeah. Weekly, which is a, a meal kit delivery service. Yeah. Well, you tell us what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, exactly right. So it's a meal kit delivery service. So each week, very much like our restaurant, we change the cuisine of the box each week. So we'll pick like a different destination, um, create the menu. So <clears throat> we have like a team who will like develop the dishes. We write the recipes, print the recipe cards. And then we make like sauces, do our own butchery and stuff. And basically then people will just get all the ingredients to make a simple dinner. So like it sounds simple, but like behind the scenes, like there's a lot that goes yeah, into Yeah, I can't wait to get more into that for yeah, sure. Just it's... the organisation, like that's... And as a chef, like you're so... That's pre-pandemic, I was like a chef. Like it's just, that's what you do. You're in the kitchen, you're like tunnel vision on everything. Like you you know, work to a high standard, work clean, work smart, all those things. But like... Yeah, you run your business like just a chef. You, you think like not not just a chef's being negative. It's like, but you're so laser Focus, focused. Zoned in, right? You're, yeah. zoned, you're, you're, you're dialed in. And like you know, particularly doing something that's not like 
it's not, although it's a food business, it's like, you know, someone who's not a chef could run that business. Where like a, re- a good restaurant, I reckon, unless you're a serious restaurateur and know the industry in and out, it's very hard to run a restaurant without being a chef, I feel. Yeah, you where, right, yeah. where like these sort of boxes, like, you know, people have, there's some amazing founders around the world have done similar things. And they've like, got these multi, probably, you know, billion dollar food businesses, mm. but they're not like chefs. But they're like talking about like home cooked meals, it's healthy, it's convenient, it's all this. So like... Marketing, right? Yeah, and I've just like... I've gone like so deep into like learning about like, you know, e-commerce and like, you know, obviously all the delivery, all the other aspects that come with it. Like, because in the restaurant, like at the end of the day, you're serving a customer who comes in, they're there to have a good night. Generally, like, you know, 99 out of, you know, 999 out of a thousand people are going out to have a great time. And then, you know, basically if anything goes wrong, you can slip them a glass of champagne or something and problem solved and move on and everyone's happy. It's quick, isn't it? So yeah. Pop, pop, you can fix problems quick. Yeah. Like if you had a really shit service and like, you know, there's still ways to fix it. Like, you know what I mean? Just be generous and always be, you know, one of our key key pillars is like trying to be like air on the side of generosity. Like, you know, if you you can be, just do it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, cost you nothing and at the end of the day people love it so we're like with something like home delivery you know across all across melbourne and stuff like the the amount of things that can go wrong so like whether like the box is missing an ingredient the delivery um you know gets mixed like delivered to the wrong house the box gets smashed it's like there's a million things that can go wrong you know or like wrong items in the box whatever it is so there's just so many more like you know systems that have to be in place and like having to like learn all that as you're like growing the business as you're onboarding hiring developing all this stuff like it's very it's a lot to think about you know and i think that's like this probably been the last like we're three years old in march this year and um this has probably been like the best biggest three years of learning because it's like it's taken me from a just a chef who knows how to cook great delicious food to someone who's like actually running a business you know and it's a completely different thing so you got started because of covid is that what it was yeah yeah literally day one of covid we launched was yeah. it yeah yeah so like covid so, we so you, sh- were you planning this no. prior so my girlfriend mentioned to me the idea so covid hasn't happened at this point it was that the like there was there was speculation about the lockdown yeah and at that time in melbourne everyone was like oh yeah every two weeks or something like the industry like people were like literally this is uh, two weeks we'll be back on whatever mm. and then um but like day one of the lockdown um my girlfriend had texted me the night before and I was like, I was pretty sure I was just at home. I thought this is a shit idea. Like, you know, restaurant mindset, like this is not a good idea. I don't want to do anything. Like I just like, if we're not serving customers at our restaurant, what's the point sort of thing. And then I just thought the next day I said, well, I've got nothing else to do. So let's just do it. (laughs) So I went on Canva and you can actually see on my Instagram, the most poorly designed, like a thing just saying Atlas, it was called Atlas Masterclass and it said, um, launching basically next week, um, email us expressions of interest. So like we didn't even have a website or anything and I had like 50 expressions of interest or 80 expressions of interest literally in the first half an hour, like all these customers. I was like, oh, okay. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, so, and I remember I did an Excel spreadsheet and I was calling customer by customer and getting their credit card details, like manually writing them down. I was like, probably shouldn't. Were you doing this? Yeah, like literally. I hadn't, we had no product or anything. I just said, I said what the, I said it was going to be um, a cooking class online and we'd send you the ingredients. That's all I said. And so you had no boxes, you had no... Nothing. So, and uh, when was that happening? Next week? Yeah, next Tuesday. So <laughs> we went to... Yeah, but I started the, like, And we did more turnover um, the first week than we'd done for our restaurant, like for the last year. Like, sorry, the, yeah, as in like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a weekly turnover. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. just insane. I think we sold like 
maybe, I don't know, 330 orders the first yeah. week or something. Oh, and like, I've got a photo, like, we, like, instead of getting boxes that have like a cover on them, we had like open trays. So like delivering, you can imagine like in advance, shaking, yeah, yeah, shit going yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Like it was, it was so, like it was so lo-fi. Yeah. But, um, and then. But like, you just get going, right? Who cares? You're up whatever. You're running. Yeah, yeah, whatever, exactly. Like the amount of, like, yeah, the amount of apology emails. Yeah, I'm sure we probably pissed a few people off and like, you know. Then I think that was a good time, though. People were a lot more yeah. understanding. That, you know, you were really going we, off the cuff, right? We were very lucky because we were probably the only person in Melbourne, only business in Melbourne, or one of very few, who had, like, done, like, their pivot. So the food the, media... The, the word of, like, the, just the, the pandemic. Just that up, though. Like, the, you know, the, the food media, media were like, you know, let's get behind this. So, like, you know, great, like, Danny Vallon, who's, you know, an amazing person and always very supportive. She's like, you know, bang, article. We had, like, photographer come. We had this. And it was, like, in the paper. So, like, it blew up <laughs> because she, you know, because there was nothing else to talk yeah, about. Yeah, for, yeah, like, yeah. you know, food media is, like... So much about obviously like recipes, restaurant openings, you know, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Where like pandemic, like restaurants closed and so like what's you know, like say the um, the age, like the good food is like the one you know that people really love and respect. And yeah. I think that um, you know, like they basically like had nothing. So it's like we just had this like free kick basically yeah, yeah, to just yeah. do whatever. And yeah, it's just like it was like an amazing learning experience. You know, like we went from ten staff to seventy five staff in probably like. Three and a half months. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, so it was, it was insane. Like it, At least there's plenty of stuff to choose from, I guess. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? like it, was, it was like the little United Nations. So we had like, yeah. the, like a, we used to run like four packing lines. We had like all the Colombians. Is, this, one. In, is this in the restaurant No, it's at Caulfield. Right, um, okay. Yeah, we hired Caulfield. How quickly was it till you moved four out of the restaurant? Four weeks. All right, yeah. so straight away, four weeks you were out yeah. of the restaurant. Out of the, yeah, well, we had to. Like, yeah, yeah. like we, we had to redo the floor in the restaurant. It was so damaged. Like, every, like it was, we were getting like stuff delivered like, you know, on forklifts to a restaurant. Like it doesn't, it's not how it works. Like, you know what I mean? Like going downstairs to this like um, yeah. production facility, like you have to have things like, you know, pallet racking and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember we packed the Mexico box. We did like a thousand orders. So a thousand orders and like... Fuck, two, that's a lot. Oh, it was insane. And it was like two... You can imagine a thousand boxes piled on top, like in... That's like a yeah. fair few pallets, and right? It must yeah. be a few pallets. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, well, it's three pallets of just the actual boxes. Then we had like all the food and everything as well. And like if we'd made everything, I had three cool rooms out the back. So we had like in the car park, three cool rooms lined up and stuff. Yeah. But of course, like a dumbass restaurant focused chef, I said, we're going to build the boxes to order. Oh. So like we customers would come and say, I ordered like for two people. So we'd like make it, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, di- yeah, disaster. So like we'd like given the box like 10 minutes later, there was like a seriously like a three hour <laughs> line. Like the line went from like commercial road. Uh, so at where Atlas is on commercial road to like Chapel Street. It was like next level. Like, and people were, were like- you stressing? Oh, like it was horrendous. <laughs> like I remember like, you know, you'd finish the day, like it's like, you know, and then, then the phone calls would start coming in, oh, my box is missing you. So I was like, <laughs> like I'm missing my coriander seeds. Yeah, I'm like, missing. yeah. And like, oh, it was so, it was insane. So yeah. like, but then you just like, then, you know, week in, week out, you get better. Like, and that's like, I think, you know, back to like, say, you know, anyone who's like younger listening to this, it's like that sort of just going for it just works. You know what I mean? Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's like, you know, because yes, you will definitely piss some people off. Yes, you're not 100% organised. Like, there was actually zero planning at all. It was actually, let's just do it. <laughs> but then, like, but why not? Like, you know, yeah. and at the end of the day, like, you know, no, no business is perfect. Even, you know, like, you see people, like, dwell on a business plan for, say, like, three years, right? And then that open 
doesn't go to plan because it never does. Yeah, but they, and then, they had all the eggs in that basket, right? Yeah, and then they've like they've gone and spent a bomb doing this, and then it's like, oh my god, they're like, you know, like even. You know, if you're going to launch a business today, particularly with technology, it's like, you know, it's like market yourself, you know, don't even, maybe don't even have the product. Like if someone, like there's a good um, sort of thing that a lot of entrepreneurs like online talk about. They create a website for a product, they don't even have the product. And if they get a sale, they go and make it. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll email that customer, hey, sorry, we're out of stock or whatever. But like if someone proves that they'll pay for something... Then it's probably if one person will do it, yeah. two people will do it, two will do it, yeah. four will do it. That's it. Yeah, hundred percent. But like, but instead of going in like ordering a thousand glass jars, the labels <laughs> and this and that, yeah, and then yeah. no one buys it, you're like, oh shit, now yeah. I've got you know hundred grand of stock. That's like there's a few things on that. Like I remember when I was listening to a, a, a podcast with um, oh Tesla, what's uh, yeah Elon Elon Musk, uh, who was saying when they were doing uh, PayPal, yeah, they were just getting. So many complaints, so many, so yeah. absolutely so many complaints. They just switched the phone off yeah. because the amount of people that are complaining to the amount of people are getting on, like getting on board, yeah. was outgrowing the complaints. Yeah. People dropping off, and they knew they would be able to build it. Don't spend time sorting them no. people complaining. Just build it right, yeah. and like yeah, that's just a waste of they'll, time. And those customers, they'll all come back. They'll come back. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. You know, just like, build, build, build. Yeah, yeah. and but, I agree on that. Sorry, sorry, but the, about branding, I hear about these young businesses just startups chefs who are trying to do it and trying to you know they haven't got millions in the bank or big investors and they spend like 25 grand on a branding nah. uh, company to do them this logo and like just fucking go on Canva and just knock some up yeah. do you know what I mean get um, a mate who's once a you got a few sales rebrand whatever Definitely. you need to do it doesn't matter like, right yeah, and just say I'm just getting going yeah. no one cares right no. and like them like 60 customers when you rebrand don't give a fuck right no. like it doesn't matter but like if you're like customer you know if you're customer focused and you look after your customers and you have a good product like it more than likely will work right you know and things of course there's things that don't work like I've definitely had my fair share of things that don't work yeah yeah of course but I've learned from them and then you go okay well I'm not going to do that again or like looking back like you know I had like I had two stores of, um, called Loma before the pandemic so we had one in Commercial Road one in Melbourne Central and I shut both of them over COVID but like looking back, and they weren't doing that well before COVID either. But looking back, I'm like, okay, what would I have done differently? And I was like, right, I would have definitely like, you know, had like way more like systemized and recipitized everything. I would have had it like packed better. I would have had it like all say like shelf life tested so I could be really sure like, you know, if we made this sauce, we could say have it for three weeks and, you know, it could, you know, like and have an ordering system and have all this stuff in the back end. So then the guys in the store would have just been able to just like knock it out where we ran it like a, it was like a basically daily changing a la carte restaurant where it's like, you know, which is just not what it is because then you need qualified chefs to do it. Yeah, yeah. Where like that sort of business is not, it should be people who work there, like they've got to be able to like, you know, reproduce the same product each time, but they need to be given all the tools to do it. To put it together. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I didn't do well. I didn't give the, the tools. So then no wonder the product's inconsistent. You yeah, know, yeah. and that's where yeah. that like you know chef who's worked at like a you know high level restaurant, you so you think like no fresh is best, do this, do that. Like you've got all these things ingrained in you, yeah. so you try and like you know where, where it's not that's not what that business is about. Yeah, yeah, exactly, all. exactly. It's a yeah. different concept. Yeah, right? and it doesn't sure. mean like fresh, of course, is always best and you know high quality and this and that. But like you know, like your product for example has got what six weeks, eight yeah, weeks yeah. shelf life. Yeah, like exactly. there's a reason you have shelf life. Yeah, you know, we couldn't not. Yeah, like you know, shops want it, the whole thing, right? You need it, but and and it doesn't affect the product. Yeah, nothing yeah, it's wrong exactly with it. Same. Yeah, but yeah. like you know, as a chef, you know, like the chefs out there would do the mise en place for the day, do the service, throw it all out, and do it again tomorrow. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They don't think about like how to, you know, it's like it's not about 
you know, like, of course, freshness is so key, but like, you know, understanding like what what to focus on and what not to, and not not being wasteful, and not you know, all those sorts of things. I agree. Yeah. So you, it was very similar to starting off in like a shared kitchen it wasn't but a shared warehouse yeah but now you've got your own now you've got your yeah. own and how's that changed how's yeah. that you know so, improved or whatnot oh, it's been so good like having our own warehouse has just been brilliant and like you know we've even started doing like our own delivery and you know really brought everything oh, you're doing your own delivery yeah right, yeah, yeah. Right. so we've got like everything in-house because that's been the biggest thing for us is like you know like particularly in food the margins are razor thin like everyone will tell you that yeah so like if you can you know, if you can be like very vertically integrated, like, you know, you do a lot of things yourself and, you know, you run it in that way. Vertically light. integrated. Yeah. What, so that, just go so that. basically that means it's like, it's like, you know, like the Amazon approach essentially where like they will, you know, say for example, they started selling books and then they thought, right, well, let's start selling other things and we'll start doing delivery. Then they started, you know. Oh, like building on top of what you've already yeah, got. And like, you know, and like my business has grown a lot from that. Like it's not just like, you know, what started as a restaurant, but then like I want to get to the point where like, you know, our warehouse, we can like store things at our warehouse, we can produce things like, you know, amazing ferments and pickles and stuff for the restaurant. And like, we become like a supplier to ourselves in a way. And, yeah. you know, all those sorts of things. So that's like vertical integration where you work, like you add new like layers to your business, which support your business internal systems. So yeah, yeah I think like, you know, even there's so many good examples of like, I think businesses that do that. And they, you know, like say, for example, like here, if you started to do like, you know, I know you do a lot of your own butchery, but you could easily outsource that, right? Yeah. But by doing it in-house, you get that economy of scale, you yeah. know? And then soon enough, you might say to someone, I'll start doing your butchery. And then, yeah. you know, that's just how you'll grow. Mm. And I Especially think, with machinery as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. we were just talking earlier, you've got this amazing bowl cutter and I'm sure like you, the, on the off days, there might be someone out there who's got the perfect product that needs that bowl cutter and you might produce it for them or you might, or they might come and do it or I'm not sure how it would work. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's where I think that like each bit of equipment we've added, a bit of this we've added, like everything we've added has just added to the business. And that's why like the setup we have now, like we're set up to do like big large scale catering jobs. We're set up to do obviously manufacturing because we've got like all the equipment to do that. We're yeah. set up to do, you know, we've got, um, you know, we could do warehousing really. Like, you know, you could do stores. Retails. I'm yeah. telling you retail, you know, you should bring retail products to market. For that's sure. what I mean. Like, yeah. and, because I, I was going to ask you, what's your point of difference? But I, I think I've had a few of these mail kits yeah. over the time. I'm a subscriber of yours, yeah. and you, I've had many, many boxes, but I'm also, we just subscribed, um, so we'll get them weekly or whatever. I think it's, I love it, yeah. and I'm not just saying that because you're here, you yeah. know I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, of course. I'm, it's, I think it's super easy, and then, but I think one of the big key things that you do really, really well, that the ones that other people ha have, is the pastes and the marinades yeah. and the rubs and the dressings. Definitely. Like, that... that really elevates it massively yeah. compared to whatever like it's alright sending cumin it's alright sending spices and you do that as well yeah. I'm not saying and you, and you can do that but where there's like a chicken that needs a rub or a marinade or a, a paste or whatever yeah. else you send that paste that makes it super fresh and way better I, I think else. that like a lot of the other meal kits like they're basically they are, the way that they market themselves they do the shopping for you right so they're just trying to be like when you get the kit, it's basically a number of things you could buy at Coles or Woolworths that are put into the box with the recipe card. So, like, yeah. they'll buy, like, you know, pre-packaged barbecue tofu, and then they'll match that with, like, a capsicum, an onion, and some noodles, right? So, it's all packaged, comes together, and that's what they are trying to do, which definitely does a massive market for that, and that works and stuff. Where what I've always wanted to do 
differently is to like making those great elements like the paste or the you know the sauces or you know even some of our marinated meats and stuff that really elevate the product and then it's sort of something that you can only get from us you know or like you could make it yourself but you know there's hours of work that goes into making paste and you know all that banging yeah banging i mean i can't fucking believe how good they are yeah they're really good and some of them right i'm it just goes to the level, like some of them, I've t- I taste most of them yeah. as a raw product. Like, yeah. sort of like the, you did a molasses, I'm going back a few months now, but it's like, I think it was like... It's a date Lebanese, molasses, yeah, I reckon, yeah. Yeah, something like, and it doesn't taste that great on its own. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's like pretty like intense yeah. or whatever else. But then when you use it, it just comes into its own. Yeah. Very, very technically smart where you take out that element, but you still produce it and you know it'll be good once it's added. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, we definitely, like, we test the dishes with the sauces mm. and all that sort of thing. And, like, you know, and when you're cooking, like, because, you know, if you make a lot of sauces for a lot of different people, like, you know, it's balancing, like, the flavours. It can't be too salty. It can't be too spicy. It's, like, all these things too. So there's a lot to think about with that. Like, you know, in a restaurant making a nine-pan of a sauce, it's very, like, we, we just make what we want, basically. Yeah. Where this, you know, this, and that's what I think we touched on before. There's, like, so many elements behind it to think about yeah and I think the way that you get like um, you know the right amount of right like for me it's perfect honestly yeah. for someone like myself who me and my wife Rebecca both work full time we have Monty our son who you know and we try and be parents as well we don't yeah. we, he goes into after school care twice I'm not knocking anyone that doesn't do this but like we're pretty busy family yeah. and business like on a weekend not to have to go shopping yeah it's just fucking legit it's gold. It's yeah. Co- yeah it's legit like and it's so easy, like the dishes are so easy and the, the banging. And you know what else I find is for someone like me, I feel like that the a perfect size, and I'm not just saying yeah. it, everyone's like, oh, you just said it. I swear to God, I feel like they're a perfect size. I would, and this is just the truth, I'll maybe have like, maybe, we'll maybe have an avocado on yeah. the side, right? Yeah. Or we might slice up some cucumbers, some yeah. tomatoes, just to have another element, yeah. right? So we'll have tomatoes, avocado. But it, it's, the portion size is perfect. For someone yeah. like me, if I'm cooking at home, sometimes I'll cook half, like half a, like a full, if I've got one bag of pasta, I'll just cook the fucking lot. Yeah. And I'm just back in the pan. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm, the gre- I'm greedy. This like really makes me just have what, like a good, a good bowl of food and then it's all gone. There's no wastage. Yeah. And I'm just, and I'm not picking. I just love that as well. I know it's probably, you don't think about that, but I love that yeah. element of it. For someone well, that's having greedy. everything pre-portioned is just, it's good. Like, yeah. And the portions are generous. Like we Very make, generous. Yeah, we make sure. You're full after it. The, the yeah. chunks of meat, yeah. especially that rump carb yeah. and the, some of the chunks of meat. Yeah. Like we do a, so like the industry average is probably 125 grams. We're like at 180 grams. Yeah, like, yeah. Up. And that's a big, like, you know, like there's a lot of, you know, I just think that, like, if I'm going to eat dinner, like, I want it to be enough. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like this, that would, you know, I've, I've tried some of the other, like, boxes and cooked them, of course, just to see. And I think one thing they get really right is their recipes are very, like, consistent. They're, like, I've weighed the plates. The plates always weigh 450 grams. Do they? Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, every dish I made was 450 grams. Like, yeah, far Yeah, where ours could be, ours could vary from, say, 500 to 600, you know, they and they that's where, like, they obviously are getting that aspect right yeah. but then if I ate the whole dish which I have I'm a bit like I could probably eat more that's annoying yeah that's annoying for me and, and me yeah and I just think that like you know some, like for example they did this one dish it was like a um, it was like a oh, there was two I can think of one was a honey mustard salmon that didn't come with honey or mustard so it was a bit <laughs> oh just, you had to provide yeah, that yeah so I thought yeah, okay yeah. that's a bit cheeky yeah and then there was another one that was a chicken 
um, it was like a grilled chicken breast thing, but it was one chicken breast for two people. And I was like, you're kidding. Oh, what? Yeah, I know. Like, it's like, and it wasn't like, it was like probably 220 gram chicken breast or something. And yeah, you just yeah, be yeah. like, it's like one, you know what I mean? Come yeah, on. no, like, I get it. I get you know, it. I understand like, you know, eating, you know, there's definitely a lot of people out there who would say eat less meat, eat this and that, like whatever. And like, and everyone's diets are different and I get all that. Mm. But like, for me, like when I, like, I'm, you know, I'm a bigger guy, like tall and stuff and I exercise a lot. Like I want to, if I have dinner, I want to have dinner. Like, me too. If I, if I'm hungry, I'm pissed off. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. I'm like 105 kilos. Yeah. You know fair I mean? enough. Like fucking, yeah. I want something to eat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And not picking out, but just like, it's got to be yeah, enough. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your structure? Because I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong and I'm just going off the thing. Is it normally two meats of fish and a vegetarian? Is that what you normally do? Is that no? Is so it always so depending on the box, we've got a few options. So we do like pescatarian, do vegetarian. We have like flexitarian now because yeah, okay. you just like you know you want to cater to a lot of different people. The destination box is always two meats. So one's always chicken. We'll do a red meat, then we'll do a, a vegetarian dish, and then the fourth meal will always be fish or pork. Yeah. Okay. So because fish or like say for example we have a lot of like say Jewish customers. They won't um, generally. They don't want the pork, so yeah. then they won't buy the fourth meal. Yeah. But if you put the pork as dish two, then they would not order the whole box. Right. So the fourth dish is an add-on. Yeah, it's always an add-on. So, I, even though I get back back yeah. orders all of them, so yeah. I'm, I'm not 100. percent Yeah, yeah. Okay. So but yeah, because pork is something that's like you know naturally a lot of people don't eat pork. You yeah. Know, right? Like you, where like you know chicken is universally loved. I think chicken. Yeah. What's What's great with chicken as well? It's just so like easy you know like it's so good and tasty and it's nice and everyone likes yeah. it like yeah i think chicken's like one of the one of the ultimate mates to be honest i like what you do as well i like you do like use first yeah like, you eat me first or yeah. something it says on this thing. yeah so that's a good that's a, for someone who's not uh, uh, a trained chef potentially could yeah. put that dish and eat it fourth but you're saying no like that's a nice little tip i like yeah that. i just think that with like all those um yeah, like when you're serving like a box of food, you know, like people get it at home, like, you know, a lot of, not everyone knows like how long things last and this and that. And like with the supermarket, sometimes I think we're like conditioned to think that things like a bit unnatural, they just don't, they last forever and you know, this and that. Where yeah. I think that like, you know, we use like best quality things, but like they don't have a long shelf life. Like, you yeah. know, like say chicken, you know, the chicken that, that you generally like restaurants and stuff buy, they are shelf life tested to two weeks, right? Which is 14 days. But you and I both know, I reckon chicken within say five to seven days. Yeah, so it's getting a bit sticky. In that. And that's, and I think that's a good amount, like yeah. under the seven day mark, I think yeah. that's fine. But over that, it starts to get, you know, it's just not, like it won't be off necessarily. It could be, but yeah. I'm just saying, so that's why we try and like, Educate. You know how people people fridges are, or yeah, and different I mean? cooktops. Like you know, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. kitchen here is like beautiful, but like you know, some people like you know, like we had like people who like don't even have like an oven, so yeah, they might yeah. just cook with just a pan, or yeah, you know, yeah. there's a lot to think about, and that's why I think, um, yeah, it's like it's that educational piece is really cool. You know, to show people like you know, this is fresh produce. Like you know, all the all the herbs are all like you know, we use literally the same suppliers as the restaurant. Yeah, but yeah. we need to like. Good produce doesn't just last forever. Yeah, for sure. Know. And how big is this industry now, would you say? In oh, like in Australia, like the meal kit market would be like a billion dollar market. Absolutely. Like it's a huge market. Like naturally there's two major players and they, um, you know, have significant subscribers and stuff. And I think, you know, for the smaller players, there's, a, there's quite a number of like smaller guys like us. And like, you know, and I think that's why I really focus on our points of difference to keep it a bit different to the others. Because I just think that like the idea of like, 
like although we are competing with the supermarkets in a way of like you know people want to go to the supermarket and you know just pick what they want whatever like i think that by us adding those like great elements in it sort of separates us a bit yeah you know and i think that's where like i want people to open our box and it's like a farmer's market like it's like wow you know it's all fresh and nice yeah, yeah where yeah, some yeah. of the others like i think you get full bunches of herbs in that as well yeah. right well, of course. Like, that's what we do. Yeah. We're like, a lot of the yeah. other meal kit companies, I'll do like a, like a sprig of... Yeah. yeah, you get a couple of sprigs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and, you know, as you know, like with herbs and stuff, if you start breaking them down into small packaging and this and that, whatever... And more they get knocked, more yeah. they get bruised. More By the time yeah, they yeah. get there, it's, you wouldn't even put the sprig in it. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. worth it. So, yeah. um, and we try and not overpackage it as well. Like, try yeah. And we're even talking with like some sustainable options of like, you know, how we could... Um, use like different containers and do like a container pickup because we just introduced this like recycling initiative the boxes right yeah, yeah so yeah. that's been and like the uptake's been massive yeah. like people love Beck it loves it Beck yeah loves recycling all that yeah and yeah. i think it's you know like you know we live in an amazing place and you want to keep it amazing right so it's like you try like all these little elements you can do so what you're saying is you're going to put the stuff in there and then you just put all everything back in the box and you'll take it all back is that what that's, you're saying that's probably the level we'll get to over time yeah, when, yeah of course yeah, that's the final the, goal yeah, yeah, yeah like at the moment we're like yeah with boxes the cool packs and the um sorry the ice packs and then the like the bags that the meats come in yeah because like obviously I love them bags I think yeah. that's such a smart idea yeah because you've got to you've got to ship everything like it's got to remain you know this is the other thing it's got to like get shipped in a refrigerator van it's packed in a fridge all those things but like you know if you deliver at someone's house at one o'clock in the afternoon and they're not home to four you want to ensure that the box is cold enough with the cool packs and the ice packs to ensure that like when they get it they put it in the fridge it's all food safe and yeah. you know what I mean so like there's so many elements like that like the last thing any food business ever wants to make someone sick oh, so you just gotta you know perfect. and that's why we put a lot of emphasis on that but then of course that involves packaging and things like that so it's like if we can do our bit and pick that up, recycle it, so it's actually a good benefit for us too and the yeah. environment and the customer, and then great. Our livers are like that. Yeah. So our livers come in a in a plastic tub. Uh, not it's like one of those, like a, it's like a, um, on, a, on a forklift, like a massive, um, what's it called? Yeah, like, no, yeah. no, they come in like crates. So they okay. come in like, I think there's 12.5 kilos in a crate. It's like one bag. I know the bag's... Not recyclable, but they would even if they were in a box, it'd have to be in there yeah. in the bag. And then you we process them, you wash them, yeah. And then you just when they do the next and delivery, you just, you just give them back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just so that's great. Back. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I we try we try and do as much as we can. Yeah. as well. Like I was, I had this conversation with Sandra last week and saying about more restaurants that come to more people that are in food and restaurants that come to the retail market and that. That'll all improve because we've, we are like that. Yeah. Right? We're more than that. We're, like, we're, we're quite into sustainability and yeah. farming and all that. We kind do, of like, thing, right? there's always more to be done, right? And I think Australia is like probably, we definitely could be better, like, definitely. But yeah. I think that um, there's like, you know, even recently those single use plastic bans have come in. Yeah, stopped it, yeah. right? Yeah. Polystyrene ban, I think. Yeah, isn't there's it? a yeah. few. And yeah, I think like plastic straws and a few. I saw yeah. a few people kicking off and I was a bit like, you've had three years' notice. <laughs> you probably, you know what I mean? But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I get it sure. like you know if I had a lot of stock you couldn't sell of course, of course yeah. piss anyone off but like at the end of the day like you know these things are like a step in the right direction there's actually fun, funnily enough a lot of sustainability grants out there for is business. It? yeah there's a lot for businesses so um, you know like I think I think it's a state government is behind them if I'm correct I could be wrong in saying this but basically there's like there's one that we were looking into where like if you partner with another company and introduce some sustainable line for every dollar you spend they'll give you two and Four. things like that, yeah. Just to sign me up, yeah. No, but it's like, say for example, yeah, yeah. here you might want a piece of equipment. Like, say you 
um, vacuum seal your pat, um, bags. Yeah. I've looked into this yeah. so many times. So there's compostable yeah. ones of those. Yeah, yeah. And I've spoken yeah. to people that their shelf life isn't there yet. So exactly. you would lose. Shelf, so it's yeah. a big trade off. Yeah. But say, for example, you were to implement that, there would more than likely be like assistance and grants out there to help you do that. So what we, we've, we spoke about this already. And what we're going to, it's not there yet. It needs to be a little, a tiny little bit better. But again, it will come better. We would offer that. Yeah. So it like because it would be more expensive. The bags are like three times the price yeah, yeah. and all the rest of it. So it would put a little bit more on. But we would we, our our first step would be to say, you know, do you want that in recycling or on or, or yeah. compostable or uh, throw away? Because like that, did you hear like the whole red cycle fiasco? So there was like red cycle was this program that was um. Basically, they were going to pick up all soft plastics um, that could be recycled. Oh, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. So you drop it at Coles or Woolworths, truck picks Stopped, it up. doesn't it? Well, they just put it in warehouses. Yeah, so yeah, they didn't yeah. actually do anything with it. I know it's like a, it's like a bit of a like Ponzi scheme or something. I don't yeah, know. It's yeah, like really yeah, weird. Yeah. But, and, and it's pretty dangerous too, like having like, you know, a lot of waste in a certain area. Yeah, yeah, that's like, you know, particularly like, you know, that's even worse. Than 40 degree days and stuff. Yeah, do you know like what I mean? it's a recipe for disaster. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so they've stopped that. Um, so I think people out there at the moment are like really eye-open to like what can be done and i think these like home compostable products they're coming to market are really sort of cool so we'll see a lot more of that and uh, i think that like you know there's even that company great wrap have you heard of them there's like yeah yeah, yeah. it's like potato starch and stuff like these innovations are just like you know moving forward and like you know like hopefully in our lifetime if not before like you know you start seeing more and more of this because it's very cool but like with anything in business, like the consumer will only pay so much. So you've got to you've got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. And like you know, as a business, you want to be responsible. But then, how do you do that in a way that works for everyone? Absolutely. How what's it like playing in the in that market of like, you know, like you say, the huge competitors? Like it, it's it's, it's you, you're really swimming with some real fucking sharks and some yeah. real people with real funding, like proper yeah. funding. The, and what do you think your advantages in that space? Because you, the most... Yeah, you, well, being small and nimble and stuff's very cool. And like, you know, even we are the first meal kit company to do this sort of recycling program, for example. So yeah. like for them to introduce that at, at their scale, it would be extremely difficult. So like where we just can just like, it was an idea. We said, yeah, right, well, why don't we just get the drivers to pick the boxes up? And that's how it happened. So we yeah, said, email, yeah. email yeah. the customers, cool, we'll pick your boxes up. Everyone loved it and it's great. Um, so I feel like for those massive, those massive companies, they just have marketing dollars. And I think, you know, like it's amazing how much marketing can sometimes like really push forward and not perfect product. And, you know, like naturally, like everyone's savvy with their money and things. So there's a lot of discounting that goes on and like competing with significant discounts, like say, you know, $200 off your first five orders and things like that. It makes it, you know what I mean? Like it's when, when, when they can afford to lose significant dollars to gain a customer, that does make it tough for smaller people. Because you know, you know, naturally, like a small business that's funded by the sole founder or whatever needs to be profitable. Yeah, Where, from the beginning, almost, yeah, right. A massive company with, you know, hundreds or thousands of investors or you know, millions and millions of dollars, they can definitely afford to ride the wave. And you know, no discredit to them because it's very hard to get to that level too. And you know, these bigger companies are Different like, challenges as well. Oh, for sure. I, I can yeah. only imagine what they go through. So like, yeah. you know, and I take my, you know, credit where credit's due. Like anyone who builds a company and does super well, I think it's like amazing, right? Yeah. Like it's, and good on them. 
but yeah, it's certainly for smaller people starting, it's like, like a good example, like, you know, like in restaurants, it's like you know, we can all, all relate to, like, you know, you've got these like just super high-end restaurants in Melbourne, like, you know, that have the amazing fit-outs, the amazing this, you know, best the best team, the best food, or best wine list, all this stuff. Like a small person starting out with basically next to nothing to compete with that in the market where you still sort of need to charge similar pricing and stuff, it's very hard. Yeah. You know, like there is something to be said about like, once like you know we're fortunately six years in on a bit of a roll once you're on a roll you can see how things snowball effect, snowball 100 percent. Right? yeah 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 people one person tells another person yeah if one person tells another person that's two people but yeah. if 20 people all tell someone that's 40 do you know what i mean like it if, soon starts if i was to start another business tomorrow like you say a restaurant or whatever like atlas like as a group we have like what about thirty-five thousand people on our database probably got about fifty thousand people across our social medias like you know what i mean like getting the word out there like that you'd be like you know you just say like all right we've just opened a brand new restaurant in south melbourne you know this is a concept we'd love you all to come and stuff and like people will try because they love atlas and what we do so it's like it's definitely easier where like when you start from like absolute bare bones zero, yeah nothing zero no name that was that was us yeah that was us. We and that like, was me as well yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and like, we were fucking yeah. just i wouldn't yeah. change that for anything to be yeah, honest yeah. it's a great thing because you, you get better and you learn exactly but it's like you, there's certainly something to be said. less expectations yeah. on you as well once you once you're big though like there's certainly it, it just it just helps for sure yeah, for yeah. sure and like how there's a lot of mar- we're talking about marketing briefly, but there's a- you also put a lot of marketing, a lot of marketing dollars, a lot of marketing time. Yeah. Visually as well, you yeah. have a lot of photography. Everything, yeah. all the dishes are photo, photo, yeah. photo. Don't, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was probably one of the first things we brought in house. Actually, was photography. Yeah, and that we never looked back. Yeah. that was just like game. And game. how much time and effort do you reckon you put into marketing, as in socials, videos, recipes? Uh, photography on the so Air Force. If, I, if I'm honest, like nowhere near as much as I should. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, like that is probably the one thing that we're internally talking about a lot. It's just like, there's like, like there's an amazing um, person who I know and he uh, works in advertising. He said this quote to me. It's like, advertising is the tax that you pay for a shit product, right? Advertising is the tax you, that pay, you pay for, for a shit product. product. So basically... If your product isn't like perfect, you're gonna to have to spend a lot to get people to try it and all this sort of thing. And advertising is so expensive. Yeah. So I think that also applies to like just marketing in general. So if you have like, you know, like I know you love like TikTok, for example, right? Yeah. If you wanted to like bring out something that was like you, you could go TikTok viral tomorrow, yeah. and that then you could potentially have that product online and start selling it, and people would buy it because they love like what you're doing and stuff. Yeah. That but that costs you basically your time and effort. Yeah. Where if you wanted to like say on Instagram or Facebook or potentially even TikTok as well. I'm not, I'm not really on TikTok, so I'm not yeah. really certain, can't comment that much. But, um, you know, to get like that, you know, in front of 500,000 people or something, you know, it could, it could cost you some serious, serious dollars. Yeah, if, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why, like, I think that great content and, you know, trying to, like, organically work with the algorithm is so key. Yeah, I agree. Like, we're the same as well. Like, we, we're trying to build a, a business a distribution business with no reps yeah do you know what I mean sure it's like a, it's a it's a, have you got calendar, any of the other ones calendar cheese saving grays fino fine food any of them they've all got like five reps seven yeah. reps 30 reps yeah whatever else it is we don't have one rep now yeah we don't we've got rid of all reps yeah and we, we're just gonna do it we just believe in digital that much that's how much i believe in it like i think it's just a 
a new way of doing it. Like, exactly. I, think, I think we can... I remember Gary Vee, and I always refer back to Gary Vee because I'm a big, big, big fan of his. You know, he says, people think... People complained that, um, that uh, Trump got into office by the by the scandal Ox, I think what yeah. was it called the Oxford yeah, yeah. Um, Cambridge <coughs> what was it? Cambridge Analytica Cam- I think Cam- it was yeah, yeah. exactly by social media and all the rest of it and England end up coming out of the EU because of social media and you think you can't sell Torino Pate yeah like what do you mean like yeah. people are getting in the office of countries by social media right? <laughs> yeah like, don't like, think you can't that like even like you know I think one of the most interesting things it's very saturated now but like Back in the day, like influencer marketing, yeah. you know what I we mean. Do like, it. We still yeah. do it. it oh no, it's, and it's fantastic. I think influencer yeah. marketing is like it's great. But like yeah. back in the day, it was like you know when social media was sort of like becoming a bit of a thing. Like if I had said, oh, here's this like amazing, you know, I don't know, this amazing pate. Like you know, I've just like gone. To we the shop did it and, ten years when we yeah. first started. We did heaps of it. Heaps yeah. of it. It was amazing. It was yeah. all, for free. But for yeah, free. because just it, it was just like people trying it and they're like, oh my God, like, you yeah. know, what is this? And that's like so interesting, right? Because people, like, you can now, like, in this day and age, you can basically be your own, like, TV network, your own radio network with for a sure. podcast, you know what I yeah. mean? You can, and like, you know, I see great YouTube channels out there who they all do, like, I'm a big fan of YouTube and they all do, like, um, uh, ad integrations. Yeah. And like, they'd be paying a bomb for those, you know. I mean, and I've got some friends who've got 1.2 million followers on. Subscribers. Subscri- sorry, subscribers. Yeah. My mistake. Subscribers on YouTube, and that's bringing them in about sixty thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I'm, I'm not solid. Sub- sixty yeah. grand a month. I know. Just yeah. you know, by that. It's insane. All advertisement. Yeah. You know what I mean, or like obviously YouTube's getting the advertisement money in this. Yeah. And, and and they do money. like yeah you know like in there halfway between the video that might just spruik something or yeah, whatever yeah. and like but isn't that like like there's probably never been a better time really to yeah. be like you know to focus on those sorts of things. I agree. Yeah. And I just think, and we, we talk, we have a few people, you know, Jimmy that works here, we were talking about, and like, we try and, you know, like a lot of people try and sell. So yeah. like, the rep, the rep way of doing it is you have reps, and the rep goes out and sells your product, yeah. right? That's what the rep does. And then it goes to the shop, right? And then you do whatever. We don't, we don't try and do it that way. We try and create the buzz. Yeah. And people want to buy. Yeah. Do you Definitely. know what I mean? 100%. It's a different, you know, it's, it's a, a more organic way of doing it. I think so. I think so. It takes longer for the stores to yeah. find it or whatever it might be, but also then the stores come to you and they want it because they know people people want yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? So we're not trying to sell to one deli manager. No, we're trying to sell to the nation. Yeah, and the nation will drive it to the deli manager. Sure. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a different way of looking at it. Hundred percent. I think it's. I think it's a create demand. Yeah. is, is kind of where we try and focus our attention. Yeah, and it's like there's so yeah there's so much to that. Like I think you know the more you started like sort of get into doing some marketing and you know understanding it like it just gets more and more complex there's a million oh. things you can do like i've read some really like interesting books on it i think there's one called like the 22 rules of marketing and it's like it's some of the it's like sorry 22 laws of marketing and it's just got some like amazing like concepts and ideas in there that like really blow your mind like and mm. then examples of like when they've actually happened and you're like you know what I mean? You really see things from a different perspective. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I've, I, it's interesting you say that. Like, So I'm dyslexic, which I always promote and bang the drum about and tell yeah. everyone about because I want people not to feel ashamed that, that they can't read or write. Like, it's something that you should embrace. So I, I've ne- I never read books. Yeah. I, like, it was just ne- never something I was interested in. Then I found podcasts and then I found Audible. Yeah, you know, just, yeah, uh, Audible. Yeah. Then, then I realised you can just fucking 
12 books or, yeah. you know, 20 books or whatever. I'm a member, I'm a subscriber, so whatever it is, 12 books, we'll call it 12 books for argument's sake. You can get like one of the best people in the world to talk to you for 16 hours about marketing for yeah. 12 books. 12 yeah. books. Yeah. It's fucking like, <laughs> yeah. like, why are you not doing, like, why are people not just doing this every day, all yeah. day, every day, right? Like, I think that it's something that, yeah, Blue Ocean, I read books, yeah. like listen to books, don't read books. I listen to books and podcasts all yeah. day, every day, trying yeah. to get better, right? Yeah. Like I did with the restaurants and working all them hours and same thing. Now I do it on marketing and business because I'm trying yeah. to like submerge myself in it and learn about it, right? Like, yeah, because like we run our like online store on Shopify and they have like a podcast called Shopify Masters mm. and I've listened to like, they've got hundreds of episodes. I haven't, I've listened to like, you know, 20 or 30. I think they've got yeah. four or 500. Yeah. But, um, and like every single episode, a particularly in completely unrelated field, I've learned something that yeah. we've applied to our business. So someone like, you know, there were like, what's a good example? There was this guy on there who was um, probably similar related to us, but he was doing like cheese subscriptions and yeah. stuff. And he was just talking about like how he marketed some of the like fun things he did and stuff. So this English guy and it sounded like he had a wildly successful business. It was mm. awesome. And like, you just learn something from like, you know, this guy on the other side of the world. I'd never heard about his company before, but I thought I'd listen to it. And it was just great. Like, it might be a tiny little thing, yeah. right? Just all these little 1% is half a percent. Yeah. Half a percent. That's all you need. And it just slowly just compounds and compounds. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I agree. So, yeah. I, I love, love the, um, there's another one. There's one called How I Made It, which is like yeah, the, the Australian, podcast. Yeah, Australian Financial Review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved the The one I particularly liked was the story of um, Rosalind Kogan, the... He's a guy. Have you heard of like Kogan.com? What what is it? Kogan? Yeah, Kogan, like K O G A N. It's like a um basically it's like an Amazon of Australia. Like right, they, sell, okay. they just sell everything and anything. Yeah. I think they particularly started with electronics. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. He had like a very interesting story and he actually grew up in these like um housing commission flats not far from me in Alstonwick with his like, you know, parents like didn't really speak perfect English and all those sorts of things. And just listening to his story, but like he was like, you know, bought these like TVs and then he was like selling them and they were like, you know, you know, remember when like plasma TVs were really yeah, expensive? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, then he found a way to get them and he had to like he basically went out and like sold like seventy of them so he could place the order and like all this like yeah, hectic yeah. shit like hustling and, was, and just yeah. grinding it out right making and, it happen yeah and that and but it was a great example of like you know and he's an ultimate success story like he's you know next you know, one of the most successful people probably in the country but yeah. it was just like fascinating to hear from him like first hand yeah his story first-hand. yeah and you know and i thought that was like really interesting because i'm not like i'm not a customer of kogan i haven't really like bought stuff on yeah. there it's not I was just solely listening to it just because I was interested. Yeah. It was really cool. So you've got, obviously now you've got heaps of staff, right? Across yeah. two different venues, two different styles of businesses. Yeah. Like what's the management structure and then how do you, what do you use to communicate with everyone? Okay. Um, yeah. So the, the management structure, like I basically have like, you know, a leader in each sort of section. So a restaurant manager, yeah, restaurant head manager, chef. head chef, and it's pretty much the same at the box as a head chef. And then um, a lady who does, um, yeah, who does basically manages the office and a lot of the basically basically everything that goes on behind yeah. the scenes. And that sort of works well because it's like, like I'll sort of directly report to them. We have like a Monday um, morning meeting every week and just go through like what's the plan for the week, like short and sharp. Like yeah, it's, you know, it's like we're hardly not there for hours and looking at charts and stuff. It's just like, yeah. hey, you know, anything you want to talk about, anything. Um, but, yeah, like, I just find as well, like, you know, once you've got good people and a, like, good environment, like, it just works, you know what I mean? Like, I don't – like, the management side of it is actually pretty minimal, I feel. Yeah, okay. um, Yeah, there's not – You it's let not them like, get on with it? Yeah, like, people – like, and everyone just, like, you know, like, yes, people make mistakes, I make mistakes, whatever. But, like, yeah. it's pretty, like, you know, just chill. Like, we don't overthink things. We're not trying to, like mm. – 
you know, just want to make like everyone just feel free to sort of like, you know, let's do things. Express and, themselves yeah. and do it. And, and that's it. And like, you know, and people like really take charge. You know, we've got some really like key people who just like, just, they're just like, hey, let's, you know, we've got this concept or idea we want to do. Great. And like next week is like, oh, this is it. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, you know, like it's like cool to see like, you know, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Take just, initiative. And such great initiative. And like, yeah. so I try and like, my like leadership style is like, obviously like be nice to people, look after people. I'm very friendly with everyone as well. Like I've got a really good relationship with them all. Like I'm sure some of them think I'm, can be a bit like hectic. Like I go really like particular about certain things, which is probably like really particular about certain things. Or like mm. I hate if my dad, like, I have a plan for the day, I hate anyone changing my plans. Like, anyone cancels on me, it's the worst thing you can ever do. Yeah, yeah I'm, like, really particular with, like, I want, in what order I do things, like, someone wastes my time, it's yeah, infuriates yeah. me. Like, yeah. and, like, yeah, so I think that that sort of, like, management for me is, like, I sort of, like, go about my day, everyone else sort of, like, knows what we need to get done. We have a fair bit of structure. We have some really good systems, like, in place as well. Like, we use, like, Excel, so we use numbers on Mac, but it's the same thing. Like, yeah. we use that, like, all day, all night. Yeah. yeah. And the communication, like, WhatsApp, email, whatever? Um, all It's all over email, so everyone has, like, yeah. their own personal emails, and, yeah, but, like, it's pretty... Like, the restaurant at the moment, like, you know, we've got... We've been going for so long now. It's like, you know, we've got very good consistency. So, like, the focus is on, like, how do we make it better? Yeah. You know, so, like, the there's not, like, so much management in what we do. It's like, how do we, what are, you know, like, so myself and the head chef at the moment are working on the Taiwanese menu. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's us working together to develop, let's develop an awesome menu and, like, and we really push with that. And, like, with the wine list, like, Ivan, he's creating, like, a great wine list and cocktails and stuff. But we're not having to think about, like, the process in of the day today yeah you yeah. know it's just like it just works yeah you know so where that's cool. that's great so the systems are in place yeah. we use whatsapp heaps yeah we have heaps of whatsapp groups so yeah whatsapp groups are good yeah. yeah yeah so we have like kitchen watch whatsapp we have a whole business like the whole yeah. team whatsapp we have management WhatsApps. Yeah. So, like, you can, yeah, that's so simple, just WhatsApp groups. Yeah. And that works really well for Definitely, us. Definitely. Like, incredibly yeah. well. I, I, I know the Atlas guys, but I'm not sure they still have, they used to have a, a group that I wasn't in. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I wish you could ask them this question so I could, could listen in. For <laughs> sure, sure. they're like, that guy's a fucking <laughs> dick. <laughs> and what, last thing, what's your ambitions for the future? Um, yeah, so I think ambitions for the future, I just want to, I just want to continue to sort of grow and like, you know, really focus on what we're doing. And I just want to continue to have like a lot of fun with what I'm doing. Like I think the more, more traveling, yeah, more traveling, like more like, so we've got some like pretty unique opportunities, like, you know, we've been offered and just different things. So I just want to, I just like the idea of like, you know, when I was talking about that, like vertical integration before, it's like bring new aspects into our business and really owning them. And then, you know, like. I don't think like just a, a chef, like a hatted chef anymore. Like, you know, I really think like, you know, ideas that like I would have laughed at five years ago. Like, oh, yeah. like, let's explore it, you know, like, and that's it. And I just think that, I think there's just so much growth in, in food and like in what we're doing. And I think that like, we just need to focus, but then I think it's taken me a long time, like up, up until probably the last year or two to really understand like the fundamentals of the business and how it runs and understanding cash flow and all these sorts of things that like, you know, you have to learn and I just hope I can continue to like evolve those yeah. things too because, you know, like we just, we have just so much, like it's just a much slicker operation every week. It just gets better and better and more like organised and like, you know, like even like with the team, like, you know, like even like we have, a, like we use deputy, like everyone, you know, people like logging in, managing hours, looking after people, like, you know, if people are on annual leave, like, you know, covering people, like there's just, 
we're so much we've got so much better systems now and like you know we're not like if we got audited in any way like you're just like so an Ready open open Ready book you know yeah, and yeah. that just and that took a long time like you know yeah. truthfully a couple of years ago probably pretty bad at it you know yeah. like you're just like you're so focused on like just getting the service done you don't even think about any of the other stuff that's important yeah, you know yeah. when now we actually have like processes for things like that you know what i mean and yeah, yeah. and i think that yeah like we've had some really key people there for a long time and i think that like helping probably them develop as well is like another yeah, nice. key aspect but yeah. like potentially in the business and like um and in their own like you know they've got some serious skill like let's let's use it yeah 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 well also it sounds exciting i can't wait to speak to you yeah. again in a few years and see where <laughs> it's all going so charlie yeah. thank you very much yeah. i appreciate your time as yeah. always and well before i go where the let's tell everyone where they can get the meal kits or the restaurants yeah. and so find obviously you and all the rest of it yeah so atlas dining we're in commercial road south yarra so um yeah we'd love to see you in so our next menu is taiwanese and um depending on when this comes out the one after will be uh indonesian so we've got yeah. a few months of asian cuisines ahead which i'm pretty pumped about we've done a lot of south america so we do like colombia cuba the last year so i'm really keen to like i love asian food so i'm, I'm sold um and then obviously atlasweekly.com.au is our boxes so you know the meal kits they're designed for you know anyone who can basically just wants to learn to cook or have a bit of fun with it um very simple as well like the dishes it's not a cooking class it's you not don't need to be yeah let, yeah what you said before here last night the one that she said it was the easiest thing she's ever cooked in her life that's yeah. what she said and it's delicious it you know it's super delicious because we do a lot of the hard work for people and i think that's a really um fun thing obviously with what we do um and then yeah just like you know sure you know anyone who comes to the restaurant make sure you say hello of course yeah. if i'm if i'm around so i'd love to yeah i love talking to people and meeting good people Beautiful. Well, listen, yeah. for, for all the success in the world, I think what you're doing is phenomenal. I'm a big fan. And yeah, good luck for the next year or two or f forever in yeah. the future. Good stuff. Thanks, Take mate. it easy. Cheers. That's all, folks.